Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese. I'm back once again with the soul man, Brian Solak, that damn dirty duck, Matt Page, and our special guest star this week, Phil Mann, or as Matt likes to call him, Phil Duman. How's it going? Hey for guys. the record, for the record, he likes to call him that too. If you don't notice his name down in the Zoom right now, <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's Phil Deman is something I've gotten growing up, uh, pretty much from day one. And not that not that I dislike it, but I've definitely embraced it because I hear it everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been on a couple times now in various different capacities, but there's a familiar capacity. You're back with Phil. And that is, uh, you're in charge of Seattle U baseball, aren't you? Guys, I am back home. I cannot be happier. It is truly like walking into the past and picking up right where you left off. And uh, guys, this 2022 Seattle U Red Hawks baseball team is uh, is going to turn some heads. So I'm ecstatic to be here. Um, and let's just hope that uh, everything uh, stays healthy and happy and healthy first. Why, now, why do you say turned heads? Do you yeah. mean that in a good way or a spectacularly terrible fashion? I wasn't going to say that part, but anyway. <laughs> Darn it. You guys are too keen on uh, on my every word. Um, no, we're. I think we got uh, a lot of uh, talent at the top. We're, we're, we're older than we are younger, and usually with that brings experience. Um, and everybody that I talk to uh, – at least some of the folks that were around the team last year, they just, they say, man, this is a different vibe. So let's talk. Is about it, that. Let's talk sorry, about real, that vibe. Can I ask you something real quick? Oh yeah. Um, is it true that they, the, the NCA instituted the six year old because they knew you were coming back? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I, I'm secrets the, out. The team's turning heads in one way and I'm turning heads in another. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I'm sorry, Abraham. Go on. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that, uh, that you just jumped in there. I had a cool, smooth transition, a great segue. And you just, you know, I'm on my segue and you just ran me over with a, uh, four by four pickup. Oops. you know, so I'm picking up what you're putting down. Abe. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, uh, all right. Okay. So, uh, the bull in the China <laughs> shop, hold on for a second, Brian. I I'll do, I'm still going to do the smooth transition. Okay. We're waiting. So, so speaking of that, Phil, <laughs> are you, um, are, are you, you're taking, you're taking over the director of baseball operations, right? I am. Yes. Yeah. So essentially, and maybe there's another question after this. So I hope I don't ruin this part of another segue, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, basically last year, uh, due to the pandemic, it fell, all the responsibilities fell onto all the coaches combined and uh-huh. I am back in the role of director. So I get to be the man, no pun intended, but <laughs> unintended, uh, in the middle of everything. So I'm, uh, the director of baseball operations. So you'll be easing, uh, easing up the responsibilities of, of the, uh, manager, head coach, whatever, uh, and probably a bunch of other assistants. And that's, oh, that's awesome. For sure. Yeah. It's, uh, Maybe I've said this on one of the podcasts before. I, I joke constantly, but it, it's the truth. I have to not only think like a coach, I have to think like a player, a parent, an administrator, a staff member, an athletic department, like a community member. So there's all these different hats that I have to constantly be proactive with. That uh, it may sound like a lot, which which it is, but it's it's part of the fun. I get to kind of poke my head in and have my hand in different pots to to tie it all together. So it's, it's truly, uh, it's awesome to be here and very humbling to be able to do that. What, uh, for our listeners, what does your, what do your duties comprise? Is this kind of like a GM in major league baseball type role, or is this more like a president or, you know, like what kind of equivalency, uh, or is it something unique unto itself? You know, I could go many different directions with that. Uh, just cause Seattle, you being a, a small private school, we're not, uh, no, no, you know, nothing against the Western Athletic Conference, but I think I am unique in the sense of, of I'm, I'm probably one of one or one of two from somebody that's in another conference. But uh, I guess I'd liken it to, uh, oh boy, uh, maybe half of a half president, half GM. Like I don't make any transactional uh, moves, I guess. I don't, I don't tell players when they're benched or when they're starting and 
traded or whatnot. I guess I can't even trade people. That would be interesting in college <laughs> baseball. Um, I suppose you but, could tell them that. It just wouldn't carry any weight. Yeah, I, I'd be, uh, uh, maybe I'd be the – if anybody's seen uh, Moneyball recently, I, maybe I'd be the Jonah Hill character. I'd just kind of <laughs> lie over uh, uh, Coach Donnie Harrell's shoulder, kind of advising him what uh, what I think is a bad move and what I think is a good move. And uh, thankfully I'm in a position where he, he likes to keep me around for some reason and uh, usually – he and I are on the same page uh, on pretty much everything going forward. And that, that could be anything. And I, I could go on and on about that if you wanted to, Abe, but. So do you handle the logistics then too? Like, yeah. like travel and, and making sure that the matchups happen and the game times and coordination and that stuff, or what do you, what do you, can you delineate yes, that better? Sir. I, I'd say in a nutshell, and again, I could talk for days, which I've clearly already done. Uh, but in a nutshell, logistics. So I'm in, involved with planning our flights, our bus bus to and from the airport here to SeaTac, buses on the road to and from hotel and games, uh, the hotel on top of that, uh, food. I'm in, in charge of calling restaurants, either to place a large order for takeout. Um, laundry, which sounds yeah. kind of it sounds necessary, but try to get all the uniforms and pants and uh the undergarments all stuffed into one bag for somebody to do and turn around the next day. Not, not the best part of the job, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy, I'm the guy that nobody thinks about. So it's a, it's a very thankless position, but uh, it's very humbling to know that uh, I am very necessary to be able to do it. Awesome. Well, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, but you sound like the George Costanza, uh, you know, <laughs> when he was with the Yankees, he was the traveling oh, yeah. secretary, but it sounds like the job. It, uh, I haven't watched Seinfeld recently, but I, I can picture it. I can uh, picture it. Do you it. sleep under your desk too? I just, uh, well, that's what I remember about his Yankees job is he slept under the desk. I definitely, <laughs> it, not, not that it happens all the time, but I definitely pride myself being the first one in. I'm usually the one making mm -hmm. the uh, first, co uh, first pot nice. of coffee. And uh, I have a certain roast that uh, Coach nice. Harrell likes. So, uh, get him going he's the, he's the most important when he comes in and then yeah i'm usually the last one uh, to leave and here i am at 8 15 on a thursday and i'm the last one in the office you do, you do make good coffee you made i remember a few years ago you made us some excellent coffee so all right i'll uh <laughs> i made some coffee whoop whoop Yep, we, we, we lost Brian. <laughs> I guess the coffee gods were not. Uh, yeah, yeah, not they, uh, <laughs> they were not happy. Dark roast? No, kick him off the show. Um, <laughs> um, Can you hear me now? There's yeah, Brian. There there's are. Brian. Uh, no, I was going to make a better joke than that about uh, how does how does Brian know about his coffee, and is your wife's coffee not good enough, Brian? Um, uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> but no, anyway, uh, I'm glad you froze up that prevented that joke from happening <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah it's good thing good thing that joke was never said uh <laughs> phil, let's talk I, ahead, phil let's talk about the pitching staff actually actually brian i wouldn't can i go right before that we'll yep. go into the team in just a second okay i just, I just want to ask one last question about uh so phil uh are you on a are you on a um uh con are you a contract just for baseball at seattle university or do you handle other operations there Great as well. question. Uh, it is just baseball at this time. Okay. Uh, basketball has their operations directors, both for men's and women's. Softball has a comparable position to me for them. And then uh, that that's about it. But but yeah, just baseball for now. It has been talked about potentially moving into a bigger role. But I unfortunately don't have any breaking news for you. That's as far as it's, <laughs> it's gone. So cool. baseball right. it is for now. All right. Yeah, let's go into the team. Brian, take it away. Uh, I want to start with the pitching staff. I mean, as a whole, it looks like there's 10, 12 returning people from the 2019 season. I, I mean, I remember clearly maybe even 2018, but what's the pitching staff looking like? Is Jared Billig really back? All great questions. We haven't been able to get outside recently just because of snow and we've been indoors. We actually just had some live indoor uh, bullpen sessions today but it doesn't really do it justice throwing from a, a plasticky mound that you have to set up and whatnot but um yes jared billig was injured most of last year so we're looking forward to him he's a he's a, a redshirt senior from nevada uh, las vegas area ethan uh, ethan brown 
Uh, he was our comeback player of the year. He's out of Arizona. And I, I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but he was definitely the most improved, I think, from last year. Ethan Christensen, the other Ethan, if you remember, he was out all of last year as well. He, he uh, I don't remember the injury specifically, but uh, right before we got shut down in 2020, he felt some discomfort in his arm. And I guess you'd say conveniently that with the rest of the season done, it didn't really factor into 2020, but he missed all of last year. So Ethan Christensen for 2022 is really exciting. Uh, Peter Kronowski, uh, he's our junior uh, from Heritage High School in Colorado. He was our pitcher of the year last year. And uh, he's got some uh, uh, nasty movement. So I think uh, Peter Kronowski, Ethan Brown, Ethan Christensen, and uh, Jared Billig. I, not, I'm not the coach per se, but I think Jared Billig will, will either be our Sunday starter or uh, somebody of late inning relief. Jared Billig's kind of bounced around from relief to starter to relief over the last couple of years. When you say Sunday starter, will you tell our fans what you mean by that? Sure. So typically a uh, college rotation is built into your best arm or the one that you think has the best possibility of winning on a Friday night, followed by Saturday. In college baseball, you play every Friday, Saturday, Sunday against mostly every school. And Friday night's your best pitcher. Saturday would be your second best. And Sunday would basically be your, your third, third best pitcher, essentially. Awesome. Uh Okay. Former former uh, Major League Baseball player Carter Caps is now on the is now on your staff. Is that correct? How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> former Mariner, former Marlin, Padre. Like a ten year, uh, like a ten year bounce around, yeah, ten year veteran or something like that. <clears throat> That's amazing. What is he doing? What, what now? What is he? What is he doing on your staff? Not, not like that. <laughs> like what is he doing? Why did you staff? hire him? <laughs> 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 but it is so awesome to have him around. It is, it, it, uh, it's a breath of fresh air having somebody that's been, had that major league experience, especially from, and for me to witness him teaching the young guys of how he does his conditioning and how he eats nutritionally, like all the things a big leaguer has to think about he's been instilling in these guys so far. And it's only been like a couple weeks, essentially. So. And specifically what coaching job does he have? I'm sorry. He is our pitching coach. Okay. So, so is has he dropped the uh, the hop towards the the uh, the the plate in I his have, teaching? Yeah, is is the triple I, jump no longer uh, uh, coached these days to for pitchers? I have not been able to pull him out of retirement on the uh, <laughs> the old jump kick off the mound, but uh, I, I bet he'll do it once we get outside at Bannerwood, our home field in in Bellevue. I bet. Uh, I bet we'll see it once. <laughs> so if you're, if you guys are out there for, you know, any pregame stuff like that, you, you may, you maybe you'll convince me to do it once. Yeah. Yeah. Do the thing, do the thing. Hey, do, yeah, do, hey, the thing do the thing where you wind up five feet closer to the plate by the time you let go of the ball. <laughs> it's totally legal. I assure you. <laughs> he was fun. Yeah, he I, was fun to watch. Though. He was one of my favorite relievers for a couple of years there in the majors. And for those of you who don't remember, he was a former Seattle Mariner. Yes. Um, I don't remember how many years. It was just a couple of years. But, it was like um, three, two years, and then we traded him to the Marlins. But, yeah, he definitely got famous for that. He was on ESPN, like, look at this Mariner guy. He's hopping down to home plate. They actually, <laughs> I believe they changed the rules because of him. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what the current MLB rule book looks like, but uh, I know he turned heads for – we're doing that. And it's cool to be able to say I'm working with that guy. And, and he's a great personality too. If, if I hadn't said that already, he's, he is over the moon. Uh, just a delight. Does this add a little bit of cachet to the, uh, to the team in general, because uh, Seattle, you only turned division one about five years ago, maybe six years ago. Uh, um, actually, it sounds like progress. I think, well, I think it's 11 years. I think yeah. 2010. What I happened to this decade? I don't know. COVID, nothing but, makes, yeah, time means nothing. Time means nothing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I, I don't know the, uh, I, I don't have the Seattle U almanac with me, but uh, 
I think they went Division One early thousands, but then baseball didn't even start until 2010. So we kind of were just thrust right into the oh uh, really into the into the picture. Yeah, was it defunct for a while? Um, yeah, I again, yeah, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but I believe it was baseball ended in night or paused let's say paused in like 1983 i want to say early 80s and i think it was not i think it was mostly uh academic related i think it was they wanted to focus more on boosting an academic profile overall for the university and then next thing you know uh sports were bringing in money mostly uh college (laughs) basketball and march madness and then it just seemed right to try and put sports teams for everything it's just amazing to me, though, that since you guys turned Division One, uh, your basketball team's kind of taking a little bit of turn turnaround uh, for the positive. Uh, well, it's not this year necessarily, but you know, you know what I mean. Uh, and then yeah. your soccer team—you had Alex Roldan, and then there's another guy who just got drafted, and I forgot his name from Seattle yeah, Hal, Soccer. How uh, something with a U? So Rusnick. I apologize to him if he's listening. But Al, Al, Al Rusnick, you, right? I think I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Yeah. And then your baseball team is now whack, and it's. Uh, you guys been doing. He well. means Western Athletic Conference, not yeah. yo. That's whack, yo. Yeah, yeah. My at my age, nothing's nothing's whack anymore. <laughs> but no, no I, I'm whack, just the ahead, whack sorry. is whack. So we're, we're on top. <laughs> I feel like you guys are closing the gap between New Mexico State. I mean, is what where I'm trying to go with this. Yes, um, yeah. New Mexico kind of, State. Uh. uh Great program, great university, uh, but uh, I think their head coach, Brian Green, who I think you guys are going to have on, if I'm not spoiling it, um, who's now at Washington State, definitely uh, boosted the profile of them. Um, And there's only one Brian Green who uh, has done a great job, even at Washington State thus far. So uh, essentially by him leaving, that has helped us bridge the gap to to New Mexico State. Watch this. But now actually – Real quickly, the uh, the the folks we need to worry about are uh, Cal Baptist. They've won back-to-back uh, whack championships, and uh, Grand Canyon is always up there. And uh, Sacramento State seems to be our nemesis. So, and I always seem to be there on a game day when you're playing University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. <laughs> I swear that's the only team I ever get to see. Is Cal Baptist? Oh, whose works? <laughs> are they new to the wax? I don't remember them two years ago. Uh, they are going into their third year. Yeah, okay. they they boot. Maybe Abe, this is somebody you were thinking of. They were Division Two for a long time. Yeah, I mean, there's other people starting to just get promoted to the D1 status anyway. But uh, yeah, Cal Baptist joined in 20. Must have been 2019. Okay. Um. But yeah, they came to Bannerwood, swept us out of our own home ballpark, and then uh, they went down there last year. I think they got uh, the Redhawks went down there last year, got smoked again, um, and then this year, which uh, I know Brian, you want to talk about the schedule at some point, but uh, it's a little bit different this year. We're going to play a few whack teams twice, home and away, mm. and I can get into that more here soon. Um, but yeah, we're going to play a few schools twice here and there. And then UTRGV, Texas, Rio Grande Valley, uh, Matt, we're not even going to play them this year. So. Hey, cool. Then I can't see them. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to ask you about, um, the Thunderbirds, uh, Southern Utah joins, joins the WAC this year. Yeah. Correct? Um, they, well, will they I be coming here? I think it's 2023 for baseball, but for basketball, oh, okay. I think I think they're joining. They've joined some sports, but others they haven't. But yeah, Southern Utah will not be <clears throat> will not be a part of uh, the group this year. What about the uh, University of Incarnate Word? <laughs> they're also joining the WAC. They are. Oh, I thought so, you were kidding. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're, no. Um, <laughs> from San Antonio, uh, they're joining the WAC as well from the Southland con- Conference this year. I don't know if they're doing joining baseball, but they are. They're joining the WAC. That's they, interesting. They are, and so maybe this is a maybe that's a good segue that I should go into. So for this year alone, the WAC is broken up into two. Well, I think it has been originally, but this year alone, 
<clears throat> it's broken up into a whack, uh, whack west and a whack east, I think. And all the Texas schools are in whack east while everybody else is in the whack west. And then we're only playing our division. Okay. And then the top. So that means we're not even playing any of these Texas whack schools, at least this year. And then I think the whack west, which I'll have to try and uh, I can look on my computer or phone here. But the whack west, I think, has seven teams and the whack yeah. west has six. And I just the pulled top, it up. top four from each conference will go to the whack tournament again in Mesa. So... That's unfortunate for them. Yeah. Now Can I say that as a person who lived in Mesa for eight years. <laughs> now um, that was a dig on Mesa. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> now, now with the uh, with the WAC, um, Seattle University doesn't really have any like geographic rivals. Do we have any like actual other kind? Like just you know, uh, who's your assigned ri- rival? Like no, the no, Seattle no, Mariners no, have the assigned, Padres. Not assigned, Matt. I want to know. Has there been any like rivalry that's built up in the uh, last okay. 10 years? Sure. Um, well, for me, the rivalry has always been Sacramento state. Mm-hmm. And that's because coach Donnie Harrell and the head coach for Sacramento state coach, Reggie Christensen, they've been best friends for like 30 years. So right. it's just one of those things where two best friends who've kind of been in the game so long have been all of a sudden, I don't know how long Reggie's been at Sacramento state, but they've been friends for so long that now they've been in the conference playing each other so much that they really want to prove to their best friend, like we're going to win. We're going to sweep you and show you how good we are. So Sacramento state really seems to bring the most energy um, I feel like we've been on the losing side of that recently, but uh, hey, maybe tides have turned this year. Other than that, yeah, New Mexico State for a long time, just because of how good they were, it was just it was that you just look at the score, right? I think Brian, you were you were at one of the last games in 2019 where it's like New Mexico State won like 17 to two, 15 to five, like 18 to one and that's like oh my goodness but uh no real assigned rival sac state is my choice then i'd say just by default portland which is in the west coast conference just that's more of the geographical small private religious school thing okay um i i want to talk about the offense but first i I had one more pitch I wanted to talk about. Sure. What's the, what's the status of Alex Jamal? Yeah, I, I, I thought he had a decent season last year. For- That's a great question. I I honestly can't tell you. And it's not because I don't want to tell you. It's just I haven't seen him pitch and I've seen okay. him in practice. I've seen him be very <laughs> cheery. So there's nothing that tells me that something's wrong, but uh just name has not come up come up in conversations that we've had as a as a staff so i i don't know but to be determined okay okay um there's too many players to go over on the offense but three i'm going to mention because they're recognizable uh connor o'brien julian kadama and kyle sherrick are we expecting big years from them what positions are those again brian i I apologize sherrick is plays outfield um Connor did play short. I don't know if they're going to move him or not. And Julian Kadama plays third, I believe. Very nice. You've done your homework. Yeah. <laughs> Connor, Connor is slated to be our shortstop this year. Julian Kadama, our third baseman. Kyle Sherrick, in years past, for me, while I've been here, was right field, but they've been having him play left field. So that essentially, uh, yeah, you, any pull hitters, look out because we got some good uh, defense on uh, the left side of the diamond. Um, but yeah, I think they're supposed to do big things. Julian Kadama, he's one of my favorites. He's just brings an energy and a personality that is, uh, it's just, all I can say is so baseball, like just hanging around him makes you feel like you, you're best friends or you've known the guy for a while. And he just, he brings that attitude that a, a, a ball player uh, should have, I think. So he, uh, he, Connor O'Brien, Julian Kadama, Kyle Sherrick, be should be a, a lock um but the other don't want to interrupt the flow but was there 
some other players that you were thinking of too, or? Um, I'm going to steal this line from Matt, but is there a pick to click this year? I mean, a, someone who, a name we haven't heard of that you think is going to stand out? Great. Okay. Yeah. I didn't want to step on your toes if you were trying to lead into that. So Aiden Welch, he's a transfer out of Colorado State Pueblo, and he is a redshirt senior. I'm not sure if he's a grad student or not, but I think this is his last year, and he's slated to be our starting second baseman. He's a... He's as ginger as they come, so you can't miss him. But he has been, to me, which I hope everyone is, but he's been one of the most professional individuals I've ever met. Very uh, polite in terms of handling his, his business off the field and very communicative and uh, easy to talk with, uh, which sometimes these 20-year-old guys, uh, uh, it's a wild card sometimes. But Aiden Welch, he's my, uh, my surprise pick second baseman for 2022 that uh, everyone should know about. So that's okay. your surprise. That's your surprise. Who's, who's the, who's the, uh, dumb man on this team? Who's, who's going to turn heads that even scouts are going to come down and check out. Hey, that's a great question. Um, well, Connor, Connor O'Brien at short has, has, He's always had different folks in his year just trying to – because his, his, um, his grandfather and his great-uncle, I guess, would or whatever his grandfather's brother would be in this case. I don't know what the lineage is. But anyway, his grandfather played at Seattle U, so he's kind of got this legacy uh, that he's trying to uphold. So there's been, been scouts for him. Um, I think I, I, I just have to go with Julian Kodama. He's got a lot to prove at third base, the hot corner. And again, he's got that swagger that I think, you know, I think scouts would like to see somebody who's confident in, in their own, in somebody's own game. And if he can at least, you know, have fun with it, even if maybe he makes an error or the team is, is down. And if he keeps a, a level head, I think he might be, he might be the guy to get drafted this year. And he'll be exciting for locals because he's from uh, Edmonds. So that, that yeah, is, it's yes. always good to have like, yeah, it's always good to have someone uh, uh, local. Matt, for you, Connor O'Brien, Archbishop Murphy, right next to uh, yeah, right next okay. to where you grew up. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like a mile from where I grew up. I, wa I do want to say, though, I'm glad you mentioned Peter Karnowski because it treated me to one of the greatest pictures I've ever seen of a pitcher in motion. Uh, anyone listening should absolutely go to the Seattle U official website and look up Peter Karnowski because... The eye bugging out, the hair, the the hat to the tilt, the the intensity of the uh, of 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 the the the, the face the facial expression. I love it. I Matt, I got to meet this guy. Matt, send me the link, and I'll make sure it's in the in the post that we do. Okay. <laughs> hey, real quick about Aiden Welch. I just saw noticed that he's from Seattle, and he went to our one of our nemesis from high school. He went to Ballard High School. Me and. Abraham went to Blanchett. But I see, I see. So I, that's somebody I may want to meet just to. Oh, I thought you were going to say talk a little smack. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. oh, I see. I think I think we'll baseball the, the one uh, the one sport that well, I think it's encouraged, right? You got to be able to to you got to be able to give it. And you got to be able to take it too. That's when you know you're part of the part of the team. Absolutely. Uh, so last. Last uh, summer, I saw your Facebook post. You were at a Mariners game, and because there's there's a couple of Seattle U players in Major League Baseball, isn't it? Isn't there? And I we think just had our third. Well, uh, as of 2021, we just had our third Seattle U Red Hawk. Okay, make, so uh, let's see who the these approach. are. Who are these? Uh, Eric Yardley. Eric Yardley. Who else? Uh, relief pitcher Tarek Skubal. That's one right. Of the it was the one this Detroit. summer, yeah. Detroit, He's, right? That's the one game that I went to. He actually got his first win of 2021 against the Mariners at T-Mobile Park. And to be fair, was, it was against the Mariners, so it's kind of a gimme. No, it's I'm a half it was an amazing accomplishment. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that that game was uh, that game was very special. A lot of former players came back from all different years. Uh, cool. Uh, uh, had Donnie Harrell, myself, former pitching coach, Elliot Cribby, and one of the uh, former hitting coaches, Mike Nato, who's down in California at uh, uh, Cal State San Bernardino. 
which I think is Division II. Uh, he he flew up. Everyone came over. We got a little uh, got a little uh, airtime. They had the camera on us. We all waved at it. And uh, anyway, that's not the point. But <laughs> it was just a surreal night to be there to support Tarek, and he's one of those big three uh, for the Tigers right now. It's him, Matt, Matt Manning, and Casey Mize. So really cool to see him. And then the last one, Jansen Junk. Uh, he's a starting pitcher for the Angels. Really. And, and he's notable not only because his last name's Junk and yeah. he's a pitcher, so he throws a junk ball. Ha, ha, but he's he's got a good marketing uh, path if a team wanted to really uh, hit that out of the park. Uh, but he's notable because he was with the Yankees organization, and he was actually a to me a throw-in for the Andrew Heaney trade at the deadline this year, where the Yankees thought they're going to pick up a, a valuable like fifth starter to just slot right in the rotation to go into the playoffs or try to make a playoff push. And Heaney absolutely tanked. And then Jansen, because the angels were kind of out of it essentially by that point, got called up almost like the next week or two. And I think he made ultimately about five or six starts, uh, maybe five, maybe on the lower side of that, but man, so exciting to see him. Uh, make a debut, especially as a Cubs guy, see him uh, make a debut for Joe Madden. So I can only imagine what type of a, uh, a feel that was for him. But yeah, he got to play for one of the greatest ma- named minor league teams in the country, too the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Yeah. <laughs> I love that name. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. He, yeah. He, uh, he had a 0 and 1, 3.8 ERA with 10 Ks as his current major league. Uh, line very cool. good good to hear yeah. yeah although he did play with the bend elks in the wcl the rivals of our our, our treasured bellingham bells I don't ah know. okay phil, phil or brian have either of you kept up on uh <laughs> jake prezinza prezina i'm sorry oh sorry. jake jake present yeah jake prezina prezina yeah yeah or the orioles organization right yes sir yep he's doing good things uh He's got a lady friend these days, so he's okay. he's uh, he's loving life left and right. I don't know much more with the family life or baseball life, but I saw that he was basically bouncing around between uh, high A and uh, double A. So okay. usually, from what I hear, double A is essentially your major league ready, and then triple A is kind of like that shuttle back and forth of injured rehab guys and like second chance maybe veteran so double he made double a will he get the call up next year hard to tell but he, he he'll make he, he will be a major leaguer at some point in his career uh then, yeah double a is uh is if you can make the transition from a to double a you you're 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 gonna be you're gonna be good you're gonna be there and then zach wolf was drafted on that same time right he was and uh, update on him he has retired Oh no! Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, Hopefully there were, for uh, a good reason, and not a horrific injury or something. Uh, well, the news that I got is he was essentially demoted, but it wasn't um, necessarily the demotion. From I think I mean it was he was running his course between we'll call it, I can't remember what it is right now, high A, low A, there's no more short season, right? But like he was going between some of the lower rungs and it wasn't that he was demoralized from uh, from getting uh, moved around. It was actually, which I don't have any, I don't have the time to talk about it tonight, but it sounds <laughs> like it was more of a, uh, whatever the topic of how minor league players are paid and compensated. So to him, from what I understand, so really, Zach retired because he wasn't fed up with the plane. It was the how he was treated, ah, which I totally can understand. You can only yeah. ride the bus, or I mean, I don't know specifically, but uh, all the reports of different teams paying certain minor leaguers a certain wage and what they're you know, how their, how their housing situations are. Like I think of the Aqua Sox sometimes with this, not that there's anything wrong with them, but uh, it sounds like Zach retired with the organization having worked for them. Yeah. For anyone listening. Oh, for sure. Yes. So 
Uh, Zach retired, I think, due to uh, situations out of his control. It wasn't a baseball move. Okay. Figured he'd focus more on family. He's, he's got a wonderful fiance uh, who actually used to work behind Bannerwood in the, in the press box. So. Oh, cool. Okay. I think so, he's got a great life ahead of him. It just unfortunately won't include baseball. So for those of our listeners who don't know, uh, Major League Baseball went to this uh, format where they cut out a bunch of their minor leagues. Um, <clears throat> and um, I wonder if that also changed the payment structure for the players. They have. Did it, Matt? They what, got what? a raise last year. They're talking about raising them more. And this year is the first year they're going to provide housing for all the players now. Oh. So they're all raising the standard of living and everything for the minor leaguers. It's about 50 years late, but they're, right. they're getting around to it. Maybe there are big part. changes. And I should add, too, I think the pandemic had a little play in to, to – I think Zach must have missed all of last year because there were no minor leagues. And so oh. that, yeah. that year off just kind of – You're not getting paid. Yeah. Just, yeah. It just – Yeah. Not getting paid, but required to still maintain yourself to physical shape and, and, you know, stay on the diet and stay on the, 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 you know, that, that level of peak performance, but not really have any games to, to, to hone your craft. I'd imagine that'd be really frustrating. I want to ask you real quick about oh. Dalton Hurd. He was my first article ever, I believe written for, uh, for Seattle sports unit and nice. for you guys. And nice. I think he was drafted by the Cubbies. Is he still in, ball, in pro ball or is he done or? He's another uh, uh, similar to Zach Wolf. He's retired himself, but he hasn't closed the door on a comeback. Uh, so currently uh, he resides in Bend, Oregon. Nothing with the Bend Elks, Matt, but he grew up there. And yeah, good beer there. What's that? I said they got good beer there. I have nothing against Bend. There you go. Hey, there, yeah, that's <laughs> here, here. I'll, I'll, I'll drink to that, this water that I'm having. Um, <laughs> But he's currently living back in his hometown of Bend, and he is working for uh, it's a it's a it's a uh, it's called Boss Sports Performance. So it's a gym or cross not CrossFit, but you know it's a dedicated space just for sports athletes to work out in. And Boss is the last so Boss Sports Performance. Boss is actually a last name, and maybe this will sound familiar. It's Kevin Boss, and he was a former tight end for the New York Giants. And I believe he caught a touchdown in one of the Patriot upsets that the New York Giants had. Nice. Kevin Boss is from Bend, and uh, I I can't – I don't have the list in front of me, but they have had a factory, so to speak, come through of professional athletes actually work out and train at this facility. So Dalton Hurd is one of the – I guess you'd say trainers, but he has focused more in on the baseball side of things as opposed to football and for, for good reason. But yeah, I actually just went to Bend. Well, now it's a long time, but I went to Bend in May and I actually met up with them at his uh, boss sports performance. I got to meet Kevin boss, but I didn't know that was him. So that was kind of cool after the fact, but, uh, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's doing his thing with, with sports athletes. He's not playing. He wishes he was, but similar, uh, to, to Zach Wolf, he, uh, didn't feel like the, uh, organizational structure of, of when he was asked to play versus not play just kind of felt unfair. He felt like he was treated unfairly. And, uh, I, I, I don't blame him. It sounded like, uh, it just, you know, luck of the draw, you got drafted by this one particular team. I, I love the Cubs, right? But, like, in this instance, I think it kind of did him a disservice where they weren't very truthful to him and kind of left mm. a bad taste in his mouth that he decided to step aside. But, yeah, I remember he was he was going to be – he was an Emerald, and we were going to be able to see him. And I remember yeah. he, he wasn't an Emerald all more, anymore all of a sudden. And I was like, dang, I wanted to kind of see him come to Everett and play. Right, yeah. And I, I kept up with him to say, hey, let me know when you're up here and, like, try to – try to coordinate and then yeah just it's like he just dropped off like that doesn't seem like dalton but so the yeah ba- i think he he was another vic uh he was another part of the organ the miss the dysfunction of minor league baseball at the time <laughs> or before the pandemic so yeah, the, they're working so the, on that and and it's 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 claimed a lot of yeah. future potential major leaguers because they 
I mean, you know, you only get paid when you play and you only get paid like 200 bucks a week. And okay, well, I also got to have a pay for my, where I live and how am I going to make things meet? And, you know, okay, well, at some point I got to get a real job, you know? So the, uh, yeah. So, it hurt, it sure. so the, excuse me. Um, so the Everett, I'm sorry. The, um, <laughs> the Bend Elks, the Eugene Emeralds, uh, those are, Oh no, the Eugene Emeralds are in the Aqua uh, Sox, Aqua Sox professional. And the Bend Elks are in WCL Indep- Wood College Wood Bat League with the yes. Bells. I thought they were independent yeah. league. No, they're 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 in the uh, WCL. Okay, I got you. Wood Bat League. And when did on those that note, one our one of our uh, one of our other assistant coaches actually he's our volunteer coach this year Joey Wong he was a uh, second base I guess all star you could say with uh, Oregon State uh, won a college World Series with them I think two thousand seven yeah uh, two thousand seven he, he will be the Bend Elks manager in twenty twenty two oh cool oh cool oh when, wow when did those that invites is... when did those invites go out for uh, teams like the the Bells and the the Elks. Oh, and, right, like right now. It's yeah, it's like I was gonna say they're oh, networking now. Oh, do you have any insight? Yeah. Do you have any scoops for us <laughs> you, uh, that you can share? If you can't, that's fine. I don't have any Bells updates. I believe I saw something through Twitter that <clears throat> Derek Gellos. He was a uh, he was a well, he must have been a no, he's sophomore. Yeah, so Derek Gellos was a freshman last year, sophomore this year. That's kind of obvious. But as a freshman, he was our first baseman mostly last year. Uh, Derek, I think, is going to the Bend Elks. Nice. But as far as any any bells, I I don't know. Do you have I, any other whistles? Oh, no. Well, I've, I've seen a bunch of things come through, but I, I'm out of the recruiting. Yeah. Stay, stay – uh, stay active over the summer kind of conversations. So, well, the bells, the bells have the, uh, the pipeline going with UCLA right now. Uh, it was last year. There was like eight people on the team from UCLA. Yeah, it was wow. a lot. It was well, nuts. That's good for them. I mean, a couple of years ago, they were getting pipeline from Bellevue community college, right? Yeah. They're all they're, they're, they're They get them from all over. It's whatever coaching staffs they have a relationship with that will entrust their players to the, to the local staff. Basically it's a more informal relationship kind of thing. It's an interesting. It's an interesting world. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, about co- coach, real quick. What about um, your head coach, Donnie Harrell? What are his words of wisdom this year? I think, from what I can understand, the mantra this year, if we had a team slogan, is "Now." And what does that mean exactly? Pretty much now is our time. Now is our future. And actually, uh, we have a, a fundraiser coming up called Meet the Red Hawks that we do every year, usually first weekend in February. And the tagline for that anyway is called Back to Our Future. And so I think now really plays into that where this is kind of the we've been we've been in the WAC for a while now. We we bear, we almost won the WAC tournament in 20, I think it was 2015. It predates me even, yeah. but like, you know, we're on a six, There's seven year those, kind of, yeah. or yeah. And we're kind of on the, we haven't made noise in a while. So now's the time. Nice. Nice. <clears throat> and you mentioned, you mentioned a fundraiser uh, and, and you were, you had, you had brought up a, uh, an event to us, an online event you wanted to tell us yes, about. Yeah. So, so typically this meet the Red Hawks event, it's a great opportunity to be able to meet, Coach Donnie Harrell, meet myself if you wanted to meet the players, meet the parents. You kind of you usually is a silent auction that kind of opens up our evening before we open up the doors to the main ballroom. Have a guest speaker. It's been Scott Service. It's been Johnny O'Brien. It's been uh, Bill Hasselman. Uh, it was uh, a couple local guys who have played in in the big leagues. Uh, on other teams besides the Mariners, Steven Souza Jr. and uh, Brent Brent Lillibridge, who yeah. uh, had, had been there. So usually it's a fun night, and I'm not trying to knock it before I get into it. 
But we, with this Omicron stuff, we have decided to not risk getting sick in person. So it will now be a free virtual Zoom event on Saturday, February 5th. What time? Registration is live. Uh, and all you have to do is register and it'll say $0. We just need to know who's, who's actually going to be showing up. So we know, you know, what screen we're going to be looking at or presenting to. So what, what time is that at? Sure. So it starts at 5 p.m., uh, 5 o'clock Pacific time, if anybody's ambitious to be listening to this in another time zone. But <laughs> 5 o'clock Pacific, I believe 4.15 if you were so inclined to, I think we have some of these like different chat rooms broken up on the side that you kind of pretend like you're talking with a, a group on the side and then somehow the Zoom meeting will pull us all into the same presentation. I, I've never been a part of one of these. I was at, we did it last year, but I was not a part of it just because I wasn't here. Um, but five, 5 PM would be my pencil, uh, pen, put it in pen, put it in Sharpie, 5 PM, <laughs> Saturday, February. 5th. And, and I, I have to admit that being virtual will be disappointment. I won't be able to come and get your autograph. Like I want to, um, I'll have to save that for another time, I guess. There you go. And, and then, well, so, and so what is, is it like, Q and A or is it? Um... Sure. So uh, yeah, typically where we have silent auction, we meet the team, we have a guest speaker, then we do like a live auction. Then you have some food and drink and go home. This, we're going to have a silent auction again. The benefit with a virtual one is that we're actually going to put these items online. We're going to do the best we can with pictures and we're actually going to open it up a day or two before. Oh, so that way we can maximize the bidding and we can, you know, you get a, a general sense. You can you can bid from wherever you are instead of trying to push somebody out of the way at a table and try to put your number <laughs> in before it closes, kind of thing. So that's that's the benefit part, and then we don't pay the overhead on on the rental of the actual uh, space. But um, but yeah, we're gonna do a silent auction kind of online, if you will, before the event, and then it's essentially we're gonna have an MC. I don't know where he'll be based out of, but he's been. A, He's been a hit. His name's Ian. I don't know his last name. Former Seattle U grad or Seattle U alum, whatever the right grammar is there. And he just gets everybody uh, involved and introduces different coaches, introduces different players. Then I think I, I might even have a speaking role introducing some of these live nice. auctions. Nice. Um, actually, hang tight with me. Uh, and you said jerseys will be uh, on. Yes. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we have old old jerseys from years past uh, that will be going for fifty bucks. It's a flat fifty, and you know it's it's all subject to what number we have, and the sizes are are just the, the size of whatever the player that wore it was. Um, uh, play. Uh, let's see. We got. I mean, a bunch of gift cards. It's it's. We try to harp on a lot of experiences too. Oh, neat. Uh, so that way it's, you know, it's not just, Hey, here's a, here's a $20 gift card. Good luck. It's like, we actually want to try and make this a, a funny thing. Here we go. So I'm looking at my email right now. So like we will have, uh, it looks like we got like nine and this, this is subject to change, but like, just for an example, right now we got nine live auction items one is like one's called the secret garden bungalow package oh it's up to five nights stay in queen anne uh, uh and then you get 200 dollars in gift cards to el gaucho wow you get some steak there uh, a seattle kraken package a hockey game and in a suite for up to 12 people oh. food and beverage to be provided uh and then you get to pick uh, April 1st against Vegas or April 3rd against Dallas. You should have a, uh, you should have a secret Everett downtown Everett package where you get to stay at Matt Page's house for a night. <laughs> he serves you Cheerios, tells you to shut up while the Oregon. Is on. And you're forced to watch nothing but Oregon duck games. <laughs> Well, I know my wife would sign up for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> the duck part, not necessarily the yeah. curios and the yelling at me part. <laughs> that that uh, for sure. But yeah, there's a Sun Valley getaway, a hunting package. Really? That's cool. getaway. Now, now, are these already active? These are going active. When do we so know? 
I'm giving you the little sneak peek at what yeah. the live auction will be like. So, okay, so that's um, the live stuff. All right. So that will be the stuff that uh, you will have to attend online to be able okay. to. I think this is where the registration of the Zoom part comes in. I don't know how we'll, you know, use a raise the paddle to, you know, flag our MC of like, hey, I want to bid on that. Um, sure. But and yeah, those the experiences are the ones that are mostly uh, going to be done uh, on the Zoom itself. Okay. Um, but uh, you know what? I got some other things that are coming in. Hang with me. Sure. Good. Oh. This is good. You're leading me right in. I, I like it. Uh, <laughs> Don't get in trouble. Sell, we, you know, we, sell you the know. program. Sell it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but let's see. Uh, maybe a Traeger grill or two, it seems like. Those are good. Um, a baseball glove, a bunch of wine. Hey, uh, oh, all right. We're gonna, there we go. We're going to do some etched. Booze is uh, booze, yeah. Yeah, booze is booze is booze. Uh, <laughs> we got some etched Cialy whiskey glasses going with, I think, an engraved SU Gentleman Jack and Ooh, nice. Angel yeah. Envy whiskey bottles. I think Ooh. they're going to be separate. Uh, we got some handmade carved charcuterie boards with SU logos in them. Cool. Uh, we got a whole uh, one of the one of the uh, families is really big into tailgating, not not from like a drinking standpoint, but just they, they have a giant RV and they, they come to, I think almost every game in their RV and they usually set up shop out front. So they're going to donate. Seen them. <laughs> I've seen them. Me and, me and, me and Brian have seen them. Yes. Okay. So, uh, they're doing some kind of a tailgate package. Uh, there's going to be a Tyler Lockett autographed helmet for the Seahawks. Cool. Oh, there's helmets. Are you going to, how about your helmet collection? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> you, you want to completely pivot and talk about it? I, I think the wife would be cool with us taking some of the, some of the helmets. She, yeah. So for those who don't know, for way. those who don't know, Phil, what is your helmet collection comprised? Yeah. So what you mentioned Infamous. helmet to me, you, you, I will talk nothing about helmets. So you definitely got my attention there. Abe. So <laughs> wait, wait. Before you go into the helmets, real fast, I just want to I want to clarify for our listeners and for my own thing back on the auction. Now the the funding goes to funding the program for the year, or does it go to ch some go to charity? What where does it go? I appreciate that. It goes all into the Seattle U baseball program. We, okay. we desperately need it for our gear, um, any Travel. improvements at Bannerwood. We right now have a turf infield and grass outfield. We are currently working on a press box right now. Our radio guy TJ Phillips currently sits underneath oh, pretty much a tent or a tarp. <laughs> and uh, if the weather doesn't work out quite right, then uh, he's not the most happiest of campers. So it all goes into the program. Uh, some of it even uh, helps our managers, our student managers with a stipend. Heck, it even helps me in some regard uh, for reasons I can't quite explain in this moment. But there are things that as a staff, we, we, we pride ourselves in excellence and we can't do what we do without your help. So it's every dollar counts toward getting this Red Hawk program better and better. Okay. <clears throat> now the infamous helmet collection. Yes. So what is it? For, yeah. For those that don't know, I am a major league baseball helmet snob and snob, <laughs> snob might not be the right word, but, uh, what do I feel, I'm a, do I'm I feel a, that's a small I'm, community? <laughs> very right. Yeah. And, it is uh, such a small community, at least for what I'm doing. I literally have one Major League Baseball helmet from all 30 teams. So I have 30 grown men adult helmets nice. in my house, a one-bedroom apartment, actually, to be exact. So we are really pressed for space. So you thought ahead, yeah. What's that? So I said, so you thought ahead, yeah. So, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the kicker, so I have 30 helmets. Now the kicker in finding all of these wasn't just to get one of each. It was to find one that were, or one from every team, not only all left-handed, <clears throat> which means they have a right ear flap while the left one is open. So it tilts on its side. There's just a certain aesthetic to having all of them line up next to each other. So 30 of them that are all left-handed, but the game that I played with myself 
and succeeded in, I think, just over five and a half years, they literally on the back, number one through 30. So I had to navigate through teams that had retired numbers. I had to see on, let's just say, eBay, I had to find a helmet that was for sale that would might that might improve my chances to replace one of mine for getting a separate helmet from another team at another time. So I probably purchased over not not that there's a number I'll share, but I've probably purchased over 45 helmets in seven years and 15 of them were swapped or traded or sold to make room just to get these 30 lefty number one through 30 helmets. So <clears throat> Tensig Norgay and uh, Edmund Hillary climbed Mount Everest, but I'm actually more impressed by what you did. Well, my question is now, what's Indian, next? Nowadays, uh, are, are you, are you now going to go for numbers 31 <laughs> through 60, but they're all righties now or something? <laughs> you should, you totally well, should. What's next is I need to convince my wife that there's more room in oh, the yeah. apartment <laughs> and that the money that I'm spending is actually going towards our future. Now, <laughs> not saying that I'm reckless in what I'm, I'm <laughs> It's uh, everybody's a hobby. No worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 my hobby. And uh, but great question. I uh, if if we were if I if I had it my way, I've thought about trying to get a game used bat from every player that oh. I have, and then somehow displaying it below the helmet. Autographed? May uh, not necessarily autographed. To me, with all this, it comes with. Um, I need it to be authenticated. I need to have, okay. if, you, if I've told you about, or if you've seen those little silver hologram stickers yeah. that they attribute yeah. a two letter, six number code that has a, it basically goes to a digital online database that uh, has ML major league baseball has logged. Yeah. So you're not me, just that little, that little sticker is important than, than anything else. You're not just going to buy uh, ice cream at a stadium. That they serve in the helmet and then crayon. A number after it's gotta be <laughs> right it's gotta be right real. right so but that'd be pretty cool um no which, the, which, by the way speaking of the everett aqua Sox, so you guys know i work there and we've talked about this a little bit but uh at one point the dip and dot stand ran out of aqua socks helmets oh really so they bought the little mini uh, Major League Baseball helmets well yeah, I got a Marlins one from them once I remember yeah okay <laughs> and one day when I was I was working with them in food and beverage as the food and beverage operations guy, not the director, but the assistant still, still doing operations, which is fun. And this was cleaning out the storage room before the next season, which we'd gotten our aqua socks helmets in. And I realized I had one of all 30 ice cream helmets available. <laughs> and what do I have sitting underneath each of my 30 helmets right now? Each of its little baby oh. <laughs> Russian <laughs> nesting doll helmets. I Hopefully do you 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 didn't put any <laughs> dipping dots in there because you know they would it would have melted by now. There you go. So yeah, <laughs> I, I have 30 adult helmets and 30 miniature versions of the ice cream helmet below it. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, Brian, you got one last question? Yeah, tell tell us and our listeners when when is op opening day at home for you guys and how can they get tickets? Sure. So well, first off with the auction, go seattleu.com slash forward slash MTR, M for me, T for the, R for Red Hawks. Go seattleu.com slash MTR. Um, and tickets can also be purchased at go seattleu.com. Just find the baseball link and you'll be directed to uh, our, our website for purchasing there. Home opener, great question. As uh, maybe you have alluded to, we have not released our schedule online because it is still a work in progress. Um, okay. Uh, this is where podcasts come in handy because I get to kind of give you the dirt on these things. So we are scheduled to open up at home March 4th, 5th, and 6th against St. Mary's, the Gales oh, of Chicago, wow. California. Okay. West Coast League, okay. Problem. Oh, yeah. Oh. They have on their website 
that they are playing at UC Riverside <laughs> March 4th, March 5th, and March 6th. Oops. <laughs> hmm. uh, interesting. Sounds like a, however, I'm not a part of the contract side, but it sounds like one person, it's like a triangle. One person made a guarantee to this person who then guaranteed it to that person. And then they just, oh. didn't, they just didn't fill it in. So uh, St. Mary's, from what I understand, realized they goofed, that they double booked themselves and uh, either sheepishly are going to go to UC Riverside and say, oops, or there's talk that maybe we will actually go down to you, Seattle U, us will go down to UC Riverside uh, adjoining St. Mary's and do like a round robin kind of three team okay. tournament, kind. little mini tournament. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. And since it's non conference, it's not a big deal to do that. So, uh, but if that's the case, our home opener may not be until March 18th. Okay. Our first game of the year, by the way, and I'll, I'll, I can get into this if, if we have time. But February 18th is our season opener. So we would be on the road for a full month, Wow, which might not be a bad thing considering the weather in Seattle, but March 18th, uh, March 18, 19, 20 would be against Sacramento state and go figure if that were to happen, that'd be, as we talked about our somewhat rival, at least in my eyes. And I think that'd be a great way to start conference and our home season. So Um, Outstanding. But in, in no particular order, we're going to play UC San Diego in San Diego, the Tritons in La Jolla, UTSA, San Antonio in San Antonio, Oregon State at Corvallis. Wow. And to New Mexico State, they'll also come to us. Sac State comes to us. We'll also go to them. Portland uh, a couple of times. Dixie State out of St. George, Utah, home and away. Cal Baptist, who's in Riverside, funny enough home and away utah valley out of orem utah here grand canyon out of phoenix there um and then washington state and usc whoa when we go down to uh we play usc on uh, march 30th no no uw at uw this year i'm sorry and two two games at uw and one uw at Bannerwood, and then there really? should be a Washington State game in Everett, but that seems to be going back and forth on oh, on so what cool. day? That'd be in so Everett, cool. where at at Everett Memorial? So, oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I think just poor Solak is going to be really torn. He's not going to know what to do. He's wearing a Red Hawks jersey right now, but he's a Cougar, so. <laughs> I'll be professional. Yeah. Be... <laughs> All right. Well. Just wear crimson and some kind of red, and you'll just say, oh, yeah, be good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm covered. All right. No team that wins. <laughs> We're running up at the end of our show here, and we always like to finish with um, uh, shout-outs. And uh, I'll, I'll, go ahead and, I'll go ahead and go first here on the shout-outs. And it's uh, a big, big shout-out to Brian, the Soul Man Solak. He's done a great job of getting us a lot of guests this year, including one Phil Demand. So a shout-out to you as well, Phil. And uh, if there's anyone else on this show to give a shout out to, nah, probably not. So over to you, Matt. Ouch. That really hurt me. <laughs> Thank you. Right in my, right in my soul. <laughs> right here. Um, I, I was going to give a shout out to, uh, okay, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Abraham? No, our, uh, <laughs> I had a cameo this this week for Mr. Oh, uh, Mr. Isaiah. Solak. Isaiah. Isaiah Campbell. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I, that's pretty cool. Uh, Isaiah Campbell did an amazing job. He's a uh, he's a great young talented man who uh, hopefully if he's back in Everett this year he's back for like five minutes before he goes up to Double A. Um, but hopefully we do see him. Uh, I'd like to shake his hand and thank him. He's uh, he's a great kid and wish him well. Ryan, I want to give a shout out to. The- Former broadcaster, the Graz, Dave Grosby. Um, today he committed to join us on a on our podcast. Hopefully next week. But more important, I just want to tell him what, 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 how fortunate we are. We get to talk to him because of his great career, and now he's in for the battle of his life with Parkinson's disease. Just I, I, I heard him on a fellow uh, different podcast the other day, and just his life story is amazing. So I think we're this is going to be a good show for all of us. I can't wait. So, former former Seattle basketball play by play. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That, yep. 
Uh, Phil, over to you. And it all comes down or back to Seattle U. I'm shouting out to the entire university, the coaching staff, anybody that had a, a role in me coming back. Uh, real quickly, I was cut short in March of 2020 from the pandemic, mainly because what am I planning for? Nothing was going on. Financially, what was 2021 going to bring? But then uh, the plan was hatched uh, when I went to that Mariners game to see Tarek Skubal and the Tigers against the Mariners in May that, hey, if I can, from Donnie Harrell, if I can bring you back, let's make it happen. And awesome. St- top down, everybody uh, had the words of wisdom to, to make it happen. And uh, I'm so fortunate to be back for my sixth season. Can't wait. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on our show again, uh, Phil. And uh, yes. everybody go check out the Seattle U baseball team. As well, check out seattlesportsunion.com. As well, check us out on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. And like us on Facebook. And check us out on Twitter, at Seattle Sports U. See you guys next time. Go Red Hawks. <laughs>